another bonus episode of the Reality Bites podcast. Hi, it's Megan and Jay. We've lined up another special guest to join us today. Molly Hopkins was on season five of 90 Day Fiance, season three of What Now? She is the star of Double Divas from Lifetime and the CEO of Libby Ray Lingerie. We're going to be talking to her in just a couple of minutes. But before we call her, just to take a little walk down memory lane, it was one of the most talked about and controversial scenes in 90 Day Fiance history. Molly is going to be telling us all about the backstory and what we didn't get to see in that loud music incident between Molly and Luis. In case you have forgotten, this is what went down. Turn off the speaker, Luis. After I got home from my business trip, Luis and I had an argument. I signed on to have a partner, a husband. Only but that's per- not how it The was. only person mad is you. You're not coming with a smile. No, you call me mad, sad, upset. I'm just frustrated. And I don't know why. I don't want to continue with this. Do you want to fire me out again? He's locked himself in the guest bedroom and he won't talk to me. I never thought in a million years that this would come to this. This is not the person I met and I'm fed up with this. And I've had it. I've had about all I can take with this dumb and this. And I'm about to snap. Turn off the speaker, Louise. You're being extremely disrespectful. Turn off my speaker. Just turn the speaker off and I'll go. I'm not. I'm not. Tell me what. You tell me what. What? I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of you, Louise. That's my speaker. And nobody wants to hear. calling the police you're calling the cops you need to call your friends to come and get you hang up the phone hang the phone up why would you do this you're acting ridiculous there's plenty of people here that's witness to this i'm done i'm not doing this anymore my kids here this is nutty my nail is broken and he's acting nuts this is crazy it's crazy. This ain't how I expected this to go down. He's acting crazy. Well, I'm about to snap. This cannot be happening. I'm done. I should be more excited today than I was today. He got off the plane. And I'm frustrated. I feel defeated and I feel broken. And I feel like I'm trying for something way harder than he is. The person that I met is not the person who is in my household today. Well, I, for one, cannot wait to get an update from Molly and also hear all about the things we didn't get to see from that scene. Jay, what do you say? Ready to give her a call? All right.
Hello, good morning. Hi, Molly. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We are fantastic. Jay and I are super excited to have you as our guest today. Thank you for joining us. And uh, before we jump into talking about your experience with 90 Day Fiance, when we were pre-promoting that you were going to be our guest, we got a lot of questions from people wanting to know updates about other things unrelated to the show. So I figured we'd get some of those questions answered, get some updates from you on that first. Starting with Anne-Marie in California, who wanted to know about your brother. We met him on the show. We then found out later that through his music, he had met a Norwegian girl and would be getting married and moving to Norway. Has that happened yet? And how are things going? He absolutely did do that. Um, He married and they're doing fabulous. And he's just over there living the dream, I guess. He's enjoying it. I really haven't spoken to him very much because he's been doing their thing and traveling and working. And have you been able to go visit yet? I have not. I mean, we are so busy at Libby Ray here at the shop, and Cynthia and I have been traveling in the States doing fashion shows and custom jobs, and I just haven't really had a chance. And at the time in which he selected to, um, you know, move there and get married, I wasn't even able to go to the wedding. Oh. And I already had, like, six trips for the shop and I just wasn't able to go. Um, I would like to go at some point, but um, I'm very, very committed to my business and it takes a lot of time. um, So I hadn't had a chance to go. Okay. We saw on Instagram recently that you were just at New York Fashion Week. Were you premiering a new line? Were you walking in shows? Can you tell us what you were doing there? (laughs) You said walking in shows. And I'm no model by any means. I will say that I've, you know, posted a few questionable photos just because I think the fans and women who are my age that might be, you know, a fluffier, I like to see what they might look like if they were to shop at my store. And I feel like Cynthia and I really always try to promote advertisements and photos and things that look like what our clients look like. And I mean, it's just a real woman, you know, like no matter if you're a mom or you're, you know, we're the weight or whatever you're facing at the moment, like being your best self in advertising. Um, but that's exactly what we did in New York. We were blessed to have showcased um, for the Curving Noir with our girlfriend who runs a blog called Fat Girl Fresh, um, combined with Madame Noir, which is another blogging website that really features fashion and beauty and health tips. And Cynthia has such amazing creative designs that we cater to, you know, some of the fuller figure with couture-type garments, um, robes and, and gowns and things of that nature. So we partnered with Alila, which is a fuller figure, fuller bust brand that we use, and we showcased up there. And we also went to um, RuPaul's DragCon, and we met T.S. Madison there, and we're looking forward to possibly partnering with her to do a bra line for trans women. And we went there in order to do that and make some relationships because there's a lot of trans women who need help too and they're not sure where to shop. So we're kind of an equal opportunity store. Okay, well, we love that. And big ups for being one of the first brands to consider uh, trans women and the needs that they need help with. I think that's absolutely incredible. Uh, another big question we got was about your weight loss transformation. And at last check, we heard you were down 40 pounds and everyone was kind of like, ask her how she did it. Get her secrets. Well, to be honest with you, I did lean in green for a while and I drank some tea from Timmy and I did isogenics. But, you know, my personal struggle has always been my weight my entire life. I'm an emotional eater. I was born and raised in the South. So whether you're mad, sad, glad or whatever, 
whatever you eat. Um, so for me, I've always carried a little extra weight. And, I mean, it doesn't take me long to get it off, but I can eat mac and cheese and some other random stuff. In two weeks, I can eat it all back. So it's kind of been a struggle for me my whole life, but that's how I did it. Um, you know, Cynthia and I will go help kick for a while and lose weight, and then we decide we want some red velvet cake. So <laughs> it really just depends on, you know, where I'm at emotionally. But I'm actually going to see somebody today to try to get a handle on all of awesome. that. Awesome. So, and a lot of times you don't even realize how those types of emotional eating habits are tied to how you're feeling in the moment, as well as how you're feeling about things that have happened in the past that you don't necessarily think about on a daily basis, but then will pop up out of nowhere. And it's a very common thing that a lot of people struggle with. It is. I mean, I, I think when you're in the public eye and you own a business and you're a single mom and you got a lot going on, you don't ever really have the opportunity to just have a breakdown. You know, and so for me, I think that that particular moment came, you know, and went, and then it, you're still dealing with the aftermath, even though it's been like a two-year saga from stuff. You you have to, at some point, deal with your feelings, and, and it can't always be through food. You know, I mean, you have to really just seek out what you're doing and be the best you that you can, and whether that's 40 pounds lighter or heavier, I'm going to try to do that. So right now, I'm just on a really soul search to be the best me. Okay, so you just brought up some things that have happened over the past couple of years, which is how we got to know you, season five of 90 Day Fiance. And for someone who might not be as familiar with past seasons of the show and your story in particular, can you kind of give us the Cliff's Notes version of how you came to be on 90 Day Fiance? Well, basically, uh, my best friend and I went on a girl's trip with another bestie, and I had met someone in the Dominican Republic. Um, I met Luis there, and um, I really wasn't out looking for love. It just so happened that we bonded, we connected. He connected with myself. He connected with my friends. I connected with his family. They were in ministry. I mean, we really thought it was a beautiful thing. And we spent time going back and forth, seeing each other, really developing our relationship. And one night, Cynthia, my bestie, was watching, um, binge watching the show and said, Molly, don't kill me, but this is you and Louise's life. I think you should do this. It would be awesome. He's coming here anyway. You should do it. So she submitted me for a casting and they chose me so um it wasn't just this okay you know i think a lot of people think okay you you know somebody 90 days you're getting married no it's not like that at all i wouldn't have waited 40 years to marry someone you know like i really thought he was awesome and it was going to be amazing but it didn't end up being that way so that's what happened they cast us we went through the journey and when he got here um he had a different agenda so that's basically how it went down how many times did you guys um visit the dominican republic before you know you guys actually came to the state or before you guys uh, well, we were together almost two years prior to him coming here. So I went there, I don't even know, maybe six, seven, eight times. But, I mean, we had a online Skype every day, every night. I mean, it was like being with someone, just not physically being with them. But I did go there a bunch of times. And, and over the course of those two years, looking back, was there any indication that he had an, another agenda? Or, I mean, can you look back in retrospect and say, you know what, that at the time I kind of let it go but that did seem a little strange no I mean I, I, I'll use the quote I'm some dumb not plum dumb you know I mean I think that I I really was prepared I mean I, w- I don't think I would have invested my time and my money and my energy and my heart and my kids and my family and my friends I mean they were all devastated too it wasn't like it was just a 
oh, yeah, this is cool, let's do TV and be on whatever. It wasn't like that at all. I actually really cared about him to the point of trying to help his family. I mean, there was a time when his dad was very, very sick and needed a doctor visit. I mean, we we sent money to help him. Like, it's not – they were in ministry. I thought they were the pillar of, like, awesome people, and they still are. I don't wish to harm on anybody, you know, but he had someone here. There's no doubt about it because the day the divorce papers were served, he said, I need them. I'm getting married. So that's really what happened. Prior to that day when the divorce papers were filed, did you have any idea who this other person was or did you no, find out not then? A clue. I never heard of anybody, nothing. There was nothing. When you look back on your time on the show, is what do you wish you had done differently besides just the whole thing in general? As far as like the way your story was portrayed, what do you wish you could change about the experience? The fact that I'm not an idiot and I wasn't some, you know, cougar that they portrayed me to be or the fact that, you know, my best friend was so for it and that they never showed the connective tissue, I think, and that people feel like you're stupid or that this didn't really happen or how dumb are you? I mean... I think that when you when you're a bigger star, you have more money, or people make decisions, or they marry this, that, or the other. I think it's portrayed and it's accepted. I think that a lot of times you have to suffer the backlash of reality television or what people think. I mean, I don't think that Danielle, regardless of what people think, and which is probably why she relates to me because she was older and she's got kids. I mean, yes, it's crazy. Let's face it, it's flipping nuts. But you don't choose who you love or how you love. You just you believe it, you know, and you want to be there. And I think that they they didn't really. I know that a lot of people think whatever or that I was great. I think they it made they made it look like I'm a bad mom or something like that. And I'm I think I'm an awesome mom. I think having juggled being a single mom prior to that and running a successful business, I think I'm just a regular person, you know. And I don't I never set out to have reality fame or any of that. The most important thing to me is my business and my kids. You brought up a good point in that. Do you feel like it portrayed you in kind of the, the light that you see yourself or do you feel like it was a little inaccurate in his portrayal? Do you feel like they really got the real you while you were on the show? I think they did because I don't think I would be getting... Um as many positive messages and women seeking out to me saying, how do you maintain, you know, being a blessing to people and who you are? And we really drew off your energy. I think that I, that they did portray the true me. I don't think it captured the backside of the story. So I think a lot of people think I just met this guy and I'm like, woohoo, let's get married, come to the United States. And I guess that's the part that, or the fact that I would leave my kids with some strange man, that didn't happen at all. So I, I'm a victim of abuse, and I know exactly who I am and how I am. My poor kids have never gotten to spend the night with friends. I'm so very protective of them. So I think that that part really threw me a curve that people would think that I'm an unfit mother or things like that. I mean... Just because you choose to marry somebody younger or you do things does not make you an unfit mother. And I think that was a very unjust portrayal of who I am and what. And that bothered me a little bit. Did you did you express that to TLC? Did you say to any of the producers, like, listen, I don't feel like the way my story was portrayed was accurate? And, and if so, what was their response? No, I don't think you had the opportunity to do that. I mean, they film it as you go along. But the way that things are edited and cut sometimes lends the viewers and people to see things differently. I mean, you know, you could believe, what do they say, part of what you hear and see? I don't know. I mean, it's it's really up to how you believe it or what your personal intellect 
takes in, you know, or how you portray things. I don't, I just know that, um, yeah, I don't think you have an option. I mean, it's not like you sit down and have this big viewing party. You see it when the public sees it. So the fact that he said something really disgusting to my daughter in the basement after she told me they had already caught that on film and I was horrified. Now, you were already you know? on a, another show, The Double Divas, and so that had to be a much different experience, probably a, a more enjoyable experience. Did you feel like that was going to be a similar experience when you signed up to do this show? Um, I, I just thought that it would be a beautiful thing. I think I didn't know I was going to get this jackass who was going to be snarky and such an asshole. Honestly, he was an ass. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, that from watching the show, that, that definitely, that part was accurate and, and was portrayed accurately, and I'm sure there was a lot yeah. that, that we didn't get to see that went on when the cameras weren't there. Can you speak to any of what happened when the cameras weren't rolling? Were there were, were things worse than what we saw? He just turned into a super asshole. I mean, I went from having this super kind, very thoughtful, gift-bearing, loving individual to somebody who getting a pair of tennis shoes from TJ Maxx wasn't good enough for or thinking that he should have the finest of things and he's not going to eat certain kind of food and he's going to be catered to like a, you know, pampered prince. And I'm like, whoa. So did that happen immediately after he arrived or was that kind of a gradual thing that you noticed over the couple of months since he... It happened, but I don't think the observation that it was as bad as it was until the progression because you try to make, you know, excuses maybe is the word. I'm not really looking for that, but like you try to make reservations for the fact that someone's coming here to America where it's completely different than where he was from. I mean, they don't they have one switch that turns on all the lights in the house. They don't have air conditioning. There's not, you know, all this accessibility to everything. They don't even have running water. They have a shower that has a big, huge 10-gallon bucket in it that you dip water out of to bathe. So to come into a house with a separate tub and shower and things like that, I mean, I think that you, you can expect that some of that would feel different, but I don't think to the tune of being a total ass, no. And so from the day that you guys filed for divorce, how did that line up with the tell-all that we saw? Which one came first? Was the tell-all first or or was the paperwork filed first? Uh, the initial tell-all was first, and then there was a second one. I don't really remember the timeline, um, but I filed for divorce in the beginning of, like, 2018, maybe, like, February, March, and then it went very quick. And so how was he able to stay in the U.S.? I mean, did he ever wind up going through and getting his green card? Uh, that's all great to me. I don't know. I think he's here. Maybe he's in hiding. He got married to somebody else. I don't know how that works. All I know is um, I'm not responsible, and I did what I was supposed to do. So he's not here because of me okay. at this point. And then can you speak to how expensive was that K-1 process? Like, if you had to guesstimate... How much did you pay to get him here? And for people watching it, we don't really get a sense for like how much of a financial investment it is. It was about fifteen thousand dollars, just more or less. Fifteen one five. Yes. Oh my goodness. And so, what advice would you have for someone who's considering going on this show and who has met someone from abroad and who might still be a little blind to the fact that things very well could change once they get here? 
can't speak on that from a realistic standpoint. I can only speak from my experience. I mean, you have couples like Russ and Powell who I think are amazing and they have a beautiful relationship and a new baby and they're doing well. I mean, look at David and Annie, the most dynamically different probably couple too. I mean, they're funny. They're great. They're doing awesome. I mean, I don't know what their their motive was. I don't know if it was because they're truly in love or they wanted to show. I know that I was looking for a partner to come here who I felt was skilled and awesome and that I loved and that didn't happen so I can't speak on that I'm not going to deter somebody because at the end of the day I still want to be married I still want to have a partner maybe not married I don't know but I want someone to spend my life with that I love and I can you know do this business with that I have here and that that respects my ability to be a great business person and a good mom and a good partner you know just wondering from your interaction with some of the other couples either through the reunions or you know like you said you're, you're friends with Danielle did you get the sense or feel like any of the couples weren't really you know genuine about their relationships and were more in it just to kind of be on TV or for what it might do for them I've never felt that from anybody I mean I think that when you meet somebody I think the goal of people in general in life is to have love and express that and be happy. I don't, I mean, if you're just in this to do a reality television show, who would do that? Because you don't make enough money to cover the cost of what it is to get somewhere anyway. What's the point? Yeah. And there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of questions, a lot of chatter in the, in the reality TV Facebook groups about whether or not TLC fabricates or like kind of says, okay, now you're going to throw a cake in, in Michael's face as, as in this last scene that we saw with Angela and Michael on 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, sometimes some of it feels a little orchestrated. In your experience, was there ever a time when they tried to set up a situation or coach you through like how something should go? I don't recollect anything specifically except the fact that, you know, Cynthia and I did show up to go get Livy out of her boyfriend's house. Like, they didn't stage that. We told them we were going. They chose to film it. I mean, it's you know, did Luis act like an ass and turn the music up and we're trying to film and he says he's not filming and he's being a douche? Yeah, he did that. That wasn't staged. I mean, you you have situations that might propel the excitement or whatever that the viewer's going to see, but um, she may have really wanted to throw a cake in his face. Hell, I wanted to throw a punch or two, but I didn't because then I'm going to be on some other show talking about domestic violence, and that would have allowed him to be able to stay. I mean, he tried to film a video where he set me up to see some awful pictures on his phone just so he could stay because domestic violence is the reason that someone can stay from another country if you can prove abuse. I mean, there, there is things that could happen but well you brought up one of the most infamous scenes in 90 day fiance history where you're trying to have a conversation with him he locks himself in the bedroom and he turns up the reggaeton to like level 10 and now uh as time has passed i have to ask the question reggaeton crazy music or crazy fun music now that you've had time to think about it with the music. I loved going down there and dancing on the street and the culture. That's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. But when you're trying to film and you're contractually bound to film an episode and somebody's acting crazy in your home and threatening to call the cops on you because she's trying to put the film crew out of my house, yeah, you're going to ask somebody to turn their music down. It wasn't because I had a problem with the music. I blast music all the time. It was because he was acting like a turd. Now, what prompted that outburst 
first. Had you guys been arguing prior to that, or did he just wake up on the wrong side of the bed that morning and say, I'm not filming today, I'm not going to no, cooperate? No, I had already asked him to go, and he was just, he. we were at that point where it was time for him to just go, like, you need to go. Yeah. Would you ever go back and, and do it again with the K-1 visa, and if you met someone while you were on vacation abroad? No, I'm not meeting anybody on vacation at this point. I'm vacating to vacate. <laughs> well, you know, your brother lives over in Norway now, so you you never know. You could go over there to visit him and and maybe meet someone. I don't know. If you know my history, I don't that's not really my type of guy. But who knows, that might change. I'll let you know after I go see the shaman today. <laughs> Are we going to be seeing you on any further TLC shows, would you do another version of, of What Now or Happily Ever After, or, or are you a little bit soured to the entire experience? I'm not soured at all, but I think that they should do another show with Cynthia and I and our crazy antics of life, like Double Divas. I think people love that. It was heartfelt. It hit home to a lot of viewers. I mean, I, we, we want to get in the school systems. I mean, who wants to do a documentary on breast health in the United States and the hormones that are in chicken? I mean, let's face it let's talk about something that's gonna make a difference in people's lives and no drama and you know talking about boob health it, we're on the cusp of breast cancer awareness month why we only diminish it to one month we should be talking about it every day yeah absolutely and i also love what you said earlier about working on something a, a line for trans women who face different challenges that that women who are, are born biologically female face as far as finding undergarments that fit and you know the challenges that come with that like i actually think that there that there's a show there well absolutely i mean you know like i said we offer a really judgment-free space everyone's welcome unless it could be harmful to us or our business you know if you're just a some joe schmo trying to get your rocks off because you have a fetish you can keep it stepping but you can do that at walmart go get something else but <laughs> <laughs> if you literally want to you know if you have a lifestyle that this makes you a better person or you need a good gentle hug from a bra because you're an underdresser i mean we don't have a problem with that we're just here to help you we're not judging you let's just have a solvent for your issues well i know you're super busy but one kind of final question do you do you watch the um the other versions of 90 day fiance the other way and before the 90 days i've watched several i mean i i try to stay abreast of what's going on and, and mainly because a lot of these chicks need our help right that's I what mean, i was gonna I've say been getting hit up left and right to all the girls that need bra fittings and and need some some help do you well yeah I'm, uh, jay just said angela <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> namely her. Let's just call it out for what it is. Yes, I can send you a screenshot right now. And, and and the viewers are like, help her, please. She's in your state. I'm like, bring it on. That's what we were just talking about. How many women from Georgia seem to be represented on the on the TLC 90 Day Fiance franchise? Like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we're just cutting for who knows. Well, when we talked to Danielle Jabali, she said that she thought Mark and Nikki were the couple who never should have gone on the show, she also named some of her favorites. You, of course, were the name that, that she brought up. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, which couples do you love? I don't know. I like the people that aren't even make it to the second round. <laughs> that survive the initial? Yeah. And then last but not least, one final question. So one of the couples that everyone is so fascinated with is Nicole and Azin. What are your thoughts on their entire situation?
situation? I don't know because they're still not married and she's back and forth, so I couldn't tell you. Well, Molly, we are big fans of 90 Day Fiance. We are big fans of yours. It was awesome to catch up with you a little bit, hear some of the behind the scenes stuff that we didn't already know. And we will check in again with you soon, okay? Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so one thing that she mentioned that might not have made any sense is she was talking about going to see a shaman. That is actually something Molly and I talked about when I called her originally to set up this interview, and I actually saved the audio. So as a bonus bonus, here is a little bit of the backstory about Molly's shaman. And just to put this in context, we're going to pick up this phone call right where I'm being transferred to her extension. Hello, this is Molly. How may I help you? Hey, Molly. Uh, my name's Megan, and I am calling to see if you'd be interested in doing an interview on uh, our show. It's called Reality Bites. My partner, Jay, and I recently spoke to Danielle Jabali. She brought up your name as one of her favorite former cast members, and I just thought I'd, I'd uh, try you to see if it's something that you'd be interested in. Sure. Totally fine. Um, just let me know when, and I can give you my email address if you want to just maybe shoot me over a couple options. But yeah, no Absolutely. problem. Absolutely. Let me write down your email address, and then we'll probably do um, early next week if that works for you. Um, I can be flexible kind of around your schedule, and I do have a co-host. His name is Jay. He's not here right now, but he will be here for the interview. Okay. Um, Tuesday would probably be okay because Monday I'm going to see my shaman. Okay. Oh, oh you're seeing a shaman? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, so, okay, so are you into, like, ayahuasca and all that stuff? Are you that deep yet? <laughs> no. Girl, the only thing I need to ayahuasca is my butt right up in the shower. <laughs> I am not... No, honey. I'm, I just believe in Jesus and the good Lord, but sometimes you got to get in a little deeper, right? Especially Absolutely. Especially after you do ra- ratchet reality television, you got to find yourself. Absolutely. But, um, <laughs> no, I just got back from Sedona. I practice um, like brain-body balance, and it's based on power principles, but it's really just getting synergized, girl. You know. No, I would, I'm not to say that I wouldn't, but I'm afraid if I did some of that crazy dust, I might not come back for real, for real. <laughs> I'm sorry to get off on a tangent. It's just that I heard you say shaman, and then I thought, I know that there are shamans who do ayahuasca, and I watched this documentary about these girls who went down to South America to do it, so now I'm obsessed with finding someone who has done it so I can ask them all of my questions. So I apologize. That's Okay, <laughs> girl, I'm, I ate one of those tainted mushrooms that came up on that cow farm I was raised on one time and melted into the couch, and that was enough for me. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be in touch next week. Looking forward to speaking with you. Okay. All right, sweetie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So now you understand the whole shaman comment, and we will have a new Reality Bites episode, which will dissect everything that happens in part one of episode eight, heading into Sunday night's full episode that will air on TLC. And don't forget to find the Reality Bites podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Rate and subscribe.